Um, as always, I want to welcome Father Anthony Wollett, who's always a welcome guest. Father Anthony is a Augustinian priest and the pastor of Holy Name. Um, I don't. We're going to do announcements later, so we're going to get right into it. This is actually the last of our of our of our talks in the Christian Personal Relationship course. So we've gone through a number of things. Last time was reconciling relationship, speech that builds up, honoring, respecting one another, uh, living in love with one another. Um, uh, tonight, Josh McCaig, many of you know Josh. Josh and Kathy are covenant members of Heart of the Redeemer, and um, they have uh, four children. Uh, you know, seventh grade down to kindergarten. Is that right? And um, Josh is a lawyer with uh, Polsonelli, started the Catholic or has been the past president of the Catholic Lawyers Guild of Kansas City and started the Catholic Bar Association nationally. So sometimes you'll see him on like CNN and Fox News. You were on that earlier this year, last semester. When was that? Last fall. So yeah, he gets called in and He's sort of a big deal, but he's here to talk to us tonight about living in the light uh, with our lives, especially in the context of our small groups. Does that make sense? Um, so I'll just welcome Josh up uh, just to give you the format of tonight. We're, we're going to have this talk and then we're going to break into little groups. I, I think I sent to everyone who's permanently in this course, you should have in your email like uh, an outline of the talk. So if you want to pull it up on your phone, you can. You have permission to do that. Uh, if we want to share that with our friends who I didn't obviously send it to, if we can text it to them or forward it to them so they could have it as well. Um, you didn't get it, Matt? Okay, okay. See, I was thinking of you. Um, so I'll just turn it over to Josh. So we'll have the talk, we'll, go, we'll break into small groups, and then we'll move into prayer and Lord's Day with everybody else from upstairs. Amen? Amen. All right. Thanks, Matt. This thing can be finicky sometimes, so we'll... All right. All right. Does everybody hear me? All right. It looks like we have a lot of faces in the crowd that I do not know. Uh, there are some that I do. Um, I was a little worried. You know, I'm on day six of the whole 30, so I'm feeling a lot of transformation right now. Um, <laughs> I wasn't sure who would recognize me or not, but I'm Josh. <laughs> it's been a good six days. We'll see how the rest, we'll see how the next 24 go. <laughs> um, so Matt, Matt gave a little bit of an introduction, but um, my wife Kathy is in the back here. Um, we've been married for 15 years. I'll just give you a little bit of background about myself, um, and I hope I have that right. 15 to 16 this year. Uh, she's from Kansas City. I'm originally from upstate central New York, and she won. So we're here in Kansas City. We've been here since 2006. 
Um, as Matt said, I have four kids. Uh, Fiona is 13, and her birthday's on Christmas. She was our first. Uh, Maura is 11, and she, her birthday is Constitution Day. And then John is eight. He was born on the Ides of March. And then Katie, who's five, was born on March 2nd. There's nothing really <laughs> on March 2nd, at least until I met Stevenson, and he said that March 2nd is the uh, Independence Day of Texas. So, <laughs> so we'll, we'll go with that. Uh, if you know Katie, she's, she's a revolutionary at heart, so she appreciates that. Uh, Kathy was a special ed teacher before we had kids. Um, and our third, John, he was diagnosed with dyslexia. He's got it pretty severe um, within the last year and a half. So we've always homeschooled, but now the three girls go to a Monday, Wednesday, Friday school, and she stays home and works with John. So he's, he's working his way through that. But, so that's, that's what occupies the bulk of Kathy's time during the day. Um, we've been involved in community for about seven years-ish, right? seven years, um, and we've even moved up. There's a group of families that are living in Cluster, I'm sure a lot of you know, so we live up north. Um, and our door is always open if anyone's in the neighborhood and wants to stop by and say hi, so just feel free to look us up. Uh, both Kathy and I went to Steubenville, and I went to Ave Maria Law School. Um, I was in the first class there, and now I'm practicing here in Kansas City, so that, that's me. Now, some of you have heard my talks in the past all right, this is gonna be a little bit different because Matt's only given me about 20 minutes because then we're gonna do some breakout stuff. So um, there won't be as many jokes. I'm just gonna kind of cut right to the chase. Yeah, I know. I know. Sorry, uh, no PowerPoint, nothing. Um, and, but, but what I wanna do on this talk is to, I just wanna give you some of my own reflections. All right, you all have the outlines of this living in the light talk. You can refer to it later, but I'm just going to give you my thoughts as I as I worked through and prayed about this topic because I was really I was really struck by the theme, uh, this theme of being called to live in the light, to walk in the light of Christ, and that's what we're going to do tonight. So let me begin with Genesis one three to four. Okay, then God said, "Let there be light," and there was light, and God saw that the light was good. God separated the light from the darkness. So this was the first act of God. The first act was to create light, and he separated the light from the darkness. And I want you to reflect on this as I continue tonight. All right? I want you to reflect on that one little phrase, that God separated the light from the darkness. Now, we all know the story after that. Right? God goes on to create, he creates man, he created man, but he saw that something was missing. God understood that man could only truly be fulfilled by being in relationship, and the animals didn't cut it. So all you dog or cat people out there, I'm sorry. Um, he knew that, <laughs> and I was thinking in, all right. He knew that, he knew that man needed something more, uh, so he created woman. And each one of us, while being a unique soul, Right? A unique person. We are all created in his image as a relational being. Meant to be in relationship not only with God, 
but also to be in relationship with that which God created specifically for us, each other. And we know this to be true, right? What we also know to be true is that we are all sinners. And when we look to the key relationships in the life of a human being, there's God and there's man. There's each other. Now, God knows our sins. We can't hide them from them, from him. There's no point in even trying. In Genesis 3, 8, it states, the man and his wife hid themselves from the Lord God. Well, guess what? It didn't work. We all know that. Our lives are completely transparent to God. He knows it all. Okay? The good, the bad, the sins. God knows them. But what about our fellow man? When Adam and Eve sinned, they were banished from the Garden of Eden. And if we look into this a little deeper, we could also see within this act of banishment, within this act of being removed from the Garden of Eden, being removed from the presence of God, we see a movement away from the light, away from paradise. We see a movement into the darkness, a walking into the darkness, a distancing of God. And here we are now, right? All of us sitting here today, born into a state of original sin, torn between the light and the darkness because of this sin. And within the darkness, we know that the evil one is there and always present, always longing to pull us deeper and deeper into the darkness, further away from our relationship with God, further away from our relationships with our families, with our friends, with all of mankind, pulling us away from all of those in this world who support us, who care for us, and who love us. The scripture says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. But as Christian disciples, our call is specifically to live in the light. Paul states in Colossians, He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. So the fiery sword that prevented Adam and Eve from re-entering Eden was transformed by Christ into a beacon of light calling all of us home. And this beacon of light is Christ himself, for he said, quote, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Christ is calling us to look to his light, to follow the light, to walk in this light, to be led home. And what a great gift he has given us for no matter how much darkness is around us, no matter how dark it seems in points of your life, the light can always be seen. The light can always be seen in the darkness. And what's that mean? That there's always hope. There will always be hope as long as we are looking for the light. But walking in this light requires us to order our lives to direct our lives toward the light and away from the darkness. Now John states, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. 
In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. And this is where we circle back around to God separating the light from the darkness. Just as God has separated the light from the darkness, so must we do the same in our own lives. The ordering of our lives to walk in the light requires that we evaluate every part of our life to know ourselves intimately and honestly. So now I ask you, I'm not going to put anybody on the spot, but I ask you, do you devote time each day reflecting on your sins? Do you devote time each day reflecting on your actions or inactions have impacted your relationship with God and have impacted the people in your life? Are you honest with yourself about your weaknesses? Are you truly being truthful with yourself about the parts of your life that draw you away from the light? Now, these are not easy questions, right? But they're important questions. They're important questions to work through. We live in a society and a culture where despite all the talk about everybody being equal, okay, we are constantly judged on our performance, on our success, on our value to the company, where our weaknesses must be hidden in this competitive environment for fear that it will be seen as a negative and used against us, that your value will be decreased in the eyes of the per this person or that person. So what do we do as a culture? We bury them. Okay? We bury them. We keep them from the world. We keep them from each other. And by doing this, we keep, in many instances, this little piece of darkness. We keep this little piece of darkness alive within us. Okay? A darkness that will keep out a light that will keep out God, that will keep out others, and that will eventually, if not addressed, consume us, removing us entirely from the light. Whether this is jealousy, envy, pride, anger, greed, lust, doesn't matter. The result is the same. That darkness remains within us. So as God separated the light from the darkness, so must we. For the sake of our souls, we must understand ourselves and know the areas of our life that bring darkness. And we can do this by doing a daily examination of conscience. Okay? By taking time each day to reflect on what we've done or what we haven't done. By prayerfully looking at how we responded to the things that have come up into our lives. Both good and bad. Everything that we've encountered to look at our lives and say, how, how did we respond to God today? Were we able to identify the way that God was working in our lives? And then to take the time, if need be, to repent and to make a resolution that you're going to try harder and do things differently. Because if you don't do that on a daily basis, you're going to forget. 
because we're good at forgetting. You're going to forget, and you're going to go through the next day, and you're going to do the same thing. And that's how habits are created. The one way to get over the habits is to daily examine your life. So by doing this, along with regular participation in the Sacrament of Reconciliation, this, this can help your relationship with God. By knowing yourselves and by reconciling him through daily prayer and sacramental grace, you can grow in your relationship with the Lord. Okay? But we still need to talk about the, your relationship with each other. Okay? As you look around this room with the people who are here in particular. So I ask you, how well do you relate to your brothers and sisters in Christ? Take a minute. Look around. How willing are you to share your pains, sufferings, and your sins with your brothers and sisters? Now, going back to my earlier example, we live in a society that demands our weaknesses be buried. A society that, in reality, does not want to deal with my troubles over a long period of time. They're not committed to me. All right? Somebody at work or somebody like that, you know, they may tolerate an issue of mine for a day or so. They may listen to it once, but if it's an ongoing issue, what typically happens when you see them at the water cooler? They walk away. So it is natural, in light of the way that culture reacts to your sinfulness, your, your failings, your weaknesses, it's natural that it is difficult and uncomfortable for us, even with the, within the context of this community life that we're doing, to share even with those in small group because we've developed this habit of being self-sufficient, of not wanting to divulge too much information and of not trusting our fellow brothers and sisters. But being able to share this part of our life is an important step in separating the light from the darkness in our own lives. That we are called to be in relationship with each other. A relationship that is meant to be rooted in trust. A trust that respects the dignity of one another. A trust that demands confidentiality in these relationships. A trust that honors the other person out of love and genuine concern for their well-being, for who they are. To help them grow in their relationship with the Lord. And out of this trust, we encounter a blessing. A blessing on the person sharing and being vulnerable that allows them to expose the darkness into the open. That allows the person to make the darkness real, to put a name on it. And to have a brother or sister who can help them to be accountable to removing that darkness from their life. But importantly, and this is the neat part of all this, is that it's a reciprocate, reciprocating blessing. Okay? And that it blesses the person who is receiving the information as well. Because it shows that you trust them. It shows that you think enough of them to let them into this piece of your life. It shows them that you need them. And through this relationship, the light is separated from the darkness. 
and specifically within the context of community life, when this happens within the small group, when it happens in the relationship between you and the brother or sister who's doing your pastoral care, your one-on-one meetings, when the light is separated from the darkness, you become transparent. And the areas of your life that were dark are removed and the light can flow through you freely. And this light in turn will shine through you and reach others. And the blessing that you receive by walking in the light will in turn bless others. But it all starts with the decision that each of you has to make. Now, Kathy and I have led various small groups over the years. Okay? Um, these were married, uh, married couples groups. But there's, very, there's something very special okay, that happens in a group, in a small group, as a whole, when people start opening up to one another. Okay? When, you, when you start opening up your hearts, when you start to become vulnerable with each other, and what happens is that group transforms in from this you know, concept of, oh, we're, just, we're a small group, okay, to becoming a family. Okay, that's what happens. Right? You go from a small group to being brothers and sisters in Christ. In a family of Christian disciples that are walking together in the light of Christ to reach your home. And there's power in this because the darkness is exposed and your vulnerability will cause this person to be more vulnerable. And this person's vulnerability will cause this person to be more vulnerable. And the darkness will be driven out here and here and here as the vulnerability becomes more and more and more. So I ask you tonight, you know, as we're halfway through the year in, in groups, okay, I, I ask you tonight, you know, are you willing to do this? You know, are, are you willing to honestly look into yourself to identify the areas that are leading you into darkness? Are you willing to let Christ's light set you free from the darkness? Are you willing to open your heart to the brothers and sisters in your small group? Are you willing to be vulnerable about your areas of darkness that are in your life? These are the questions that every one of us who's in a small group and, and moving into this lifestyle needs to ask themselves. Because the Lord is calling each of you to come home to him. Right? We should be happy about that. I know a lot of this talk was a little depressing, but you know, we should be happy about this. Okay? The Lord's calling all of us home. That's why we're here. He's given us this opportunity. He's calling us to walk in the light with him. And, and you, you, know, you truly have been blessed by, by you know, being given this opportunity, even if it's a short period of your life. You know, hopefully it'll last longer, but even if it's a short period, to be here and to have this opportunity to share life with one another. You know, and not just 
not just the negatives, you know, not just the pains and the sufferings, but also the joys, your passions, your desires, your dreams, things that you can't share to somebody over here, you know, because talking about your dream of going and doing mission work over in some country, most people might think you're weird. But here, they embrace it. And this is a time to be, you know, to, to, to share these things in an intimate way with the brothers and sisters that truly do care for you. And the more vulnerable you are, the more transparent that you become, the more you will set yourself free from the darkness and the more you will be transformed into the light of Christ. God bless you all. Thanks, Josh. I was, uh, I, 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 this is the last of our talks in this Christian personal relationship course, but it's actually really appropriate as we're halfway through the year. And, and Josh really hit it home there. Our small groups are really the key to our life together. And, uh, and we really get out of them what we put into them. And, um, and our, our groups aren't like Bible studies or anything like that. They're more like life growth groups. That, that's, that's sort of what they're like. It's about sharing life, learning where people are at, but also helping people to grow in, in maturity with Christ. And I, I just think it's a real opportunity for us to say, where are we at right now and how can we make the rest of this year really great in, in my group? Um, I remember the first time that I ever encountered this sort of the expectation that we, this, this is actually something that really is distinctive about community life, SPO, is I came on net training for the first time, and it was at music training, and we broke up into men's and women's groups, and Brad Balza, who none of you, you guys don't know him, uh, was leading our group, uh, and he was just another musician. And we, we had this first group, and we just, and then he just kind of shares his life, the things in, in his life that are going on. And, and I was just like, well, we're going, we're going there, huh? We're going there. And it created a freedom to kind of go there and to actually, you know, be known. I mean, we're all aspiring to be saints. But I think when we open up our hearts, really, I mean, we're not, it's not as pretty, right? And we, we want to accept you where you're at. We want, and we, that's, what our, that's, that's been my experience of group is accepting people where, where they're at, but not just saying that's okay. We're, gonna, we're actually, that's, that's good, and we're so grateful. We're with you in this. The Lord has more for you. And, and that, that's been my experience since I was in my early 20s in these groups. And I, and I hope really that it's your experience as you are in your groups this year. Why don't, we, uh, why don't we just break into groups of three or four right now? We'll take 15 minutes or so. I, I handed out, there's like small group questions, like, but the first four or five of those are, are pretty good that we could, we could talk about. But, you know, how, how can I, just to think about sharing, how could I live in the light uh, better? What are the blessings that you've experienced of living in the light? And what are the challenges to you to live in the light? Um, and how can your brothers and sisters in your group, how could they, how could, how could you help them and they help you to live in the light?
those questions are all written out there in kind of those, those form if you have them. If not, you can try to remember. So why don't we just right now, just pull your chairs around, get in groups of three or four max, and, uh, and we'll take 15 minutes just to talk. All right, break. <laughs>